This hour of broadcasting brought to you by TwoWayRadioCenter.com, the Motorola value-added reseller. Welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. Brought to you by Vigilant Impact. The Church Safety Guys is a nonprofit organization dedicated to equipping the vigilant, those men and women who stand watch, keeping our houses of worship and places of faith safe. We believe church safety and security must be a ministry first and have engaged servant leaders who continually strive for excellence and teams of motivated volunteers that are always training. Join us for the next hour as the Church Safety Guys unpack safety, security, leadership, and ministry operations with your hosts, Dr. James McGarvey and Mike Scully. This broadcast is also available on YouTube, your favorite podcast platforms, churchsafetyguys.com, and on the original Church Security app. Download it today. Feel free to like, subscribe, and share with your ministry. Well, hello and welcome to the Church Safety and Security Broadcast with the Church Safety Guys. I am James, and once again, as we record this on another Sunday evening, joined my my co-host, Mike. <laughs> How are you, James? Happy you Sunday. Know, happy happy mid-October. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sitting here looking at the calendar, and I'm like, you know what? We, we're counting down to, to Halloween. We're counting down to Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I'm like wondering where half the year went because it feels like we were just together in Orlando, Florida. And, and here we are. And, and heck, even with our guests tonight, we were there and, and yet now it's all of a sudden mid October. And I'm like, how did that happen? <laughs> well, and what's crazy about it is, you know, I, I was looking at the calendar and my calendar is already starting to fill up for January, February, uh -huh. and then, in Our March, conference in March, the conference <laughs> in March, we're, we're going to be out in, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, and, uh, we'll have a couple of great, great guests with us and it's going to be a, a good, a good solid day. But yeah, I think, I think this is the first time all weekend that I've actually sat down in my office in my chair because I came, I came flying in from my church tonight and, uh, it's, it's kind of funny because we'll, we'll message each other during the day. And, uh, I didn't think I was going to make it. I thought we were going to run long. So I'm like frantically driving and <laughs> texting, which I shouldn't be, but I was texting Mike and I'm like, I'm probably not going to make it. I might make it coming in hot. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you know what? It's, it's good it's that good at least it's not me this time. Cause a yeah. lot of times with the, <laughs> with the young kids and everything else, I'm, I'm usually the one coming in hot last minute and joining up and, and, uh, uh, recording this on Sundays is usually good. Sometimes, uh, it, it can just be trouble, uh, trying sure. to, after a busy day. So, uh, glad you made it. Glad the meeting went well at church and, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy how the schedules have just seemed seemingly, I know everybody talks about being busy and it's like, but yet not busy to the extent where time just disappears 
And that's where I feel is the stage we've reached. And I guess praise God because God has other plans and wants to keep <laughs> us busy and is giving us more and more work. So uh, I guess that's a good thing. For sure. Yesterday, I had the opportunity yesterday to spend some time with one of the local churches and we were doing active shooter training and drills and and that sort of thing. And and so, yeah, I just my my weekend is well, both of our weekends, it's like, it's always evaporating. It's like, yeah. Oh, tomorrow's Monday back to back to the regular scheduled work. <laughs> yep. If only, so, if only God had yeah. it so mapped out that this was our day job, it would be a little easier, but uh, maybe someday Sometimes. you never know. <laughs> well, if this is the first time that, uh, that you've joined us or you haven't joined us for a while, welcome. Uh, as always, you can visit our website at churchsafetyguys.com. Uh, for information and resources for your church. Uh, we also have the church security app and that's available on Google and, and Apple uh, platforms. So you can download that. That's free. Uh, thanks to our sponsors and um, quick for sure. A quick shout out for two way radio center.com and Motorola. Cause we appreciate their partnership to make this happen um, because all the stuff that happens in the background uh, costs money. And yep. fortunately, um, they fortunately or unfortunately, they have uh, a vested interest in helping churches as well as we do. So we were happy that they partnered with us and, and mm -hmm. keep, keep helping make sure the lights are on, right? Yep. <laughs> well, I, I can't say from mine because my lights are off, but anyhow. Mine are on though, so that's that's good. But uh, but yeah, so uh, check out our website for resources. And uh, there's also an up and coming uh, list of events and scheduled uh, appearances that we have and trainings and different things like that on our website. Uh, we just opened up Ticket sales for the St. Louis conference. So those are available. Fantastic uh, price and, and yeah. rate for the day. It's an eight hour, um, eight hour day. And Mike and I will be there. Our, our guest tonight will be there. And then we'll also have uh, John uh, Riley with general response. He'll be there as well. And some, and some local folks, but um, I want to say, I believe it's $59 a ticket. And uh, that also includes lunch. We've had, thanks to a generous sponsor, we've covered lunch for everybody. And um, so thanks to the church, it's going to be at the uh, First Baptist Church of O'Fallon, Missouri, right outside on the west side of um, St. Louis. And fantastic folks, um, fantastic partners. And, you know, they reached out to us and wanted to uh, do do some active church safety ministry in their community. And so they're leading the way and and trying to bring in some um, some quality folks for their their ministry outreach. So they reached out to Mike and <laughs> <laughs> no, they reached out to us and they said, hey, who who can you who can you guys come out with? So uh, we're looking forward to that. It'll be fun. It'll be a a good a good uh, conference after the holidays and whatnot. So I was going to say things are going to slow down and then we'll have that, but no <laughs> I've got a trip to Dallas and a few other things in between. So it's not going to slow down. I mean, I know we were sitting there talking about this happening in March and it felt like forever away. 
And now we're, we're talking about it and it, it's like showing up on our calendar with other events, both in front and behind it. And I'm like, okay, we're booking all the way into March for some things. That's yeah. not that far away. So um, yeah. it, it's come for up sure. around very quickly and, and yeah, we're blessed to be able to go out that way and thankful to that church and exciting to bring our, our conference to another part of the country. And I mean, we've, we've been in many different spots, uh, but it, it's great. Yep. And I know, um, there's folks clamoring to have us come West. And, um, I know that we have, we have invites in Texas and Arizona and other places, but, uh, um, always, uh, if you're interested in putting together a conference for your church, for your community, uh, reach out James or I, and we're happy to chat about what that looks like. For sure. And we've got some great partnerships coming up on the, on the horizon. Um, we're at the moment I'm working with, uh, Ohio Crime Prevention Association uh, to add some uh, some fantastic uh, content to some of their conferences. We've we've shared their conferences in Ohio lately, and uh, so if you're if you're listening and you're in the Ohio area or region, um, you know definitely check out our website because we've got some some great stuff coming up with that. Uh, we've got a new book coming out, Lord willing, in another another week or so. Again, um, again, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that's, that's going to be the four pillars of church safety and security. So, and we've got a few other resources coming out tied into that. So definitely a lot going on and, uh, it doesn't, it, it doesn't slow down or it doesn't seem to slow down, but it's all Not good. But anyhow, so on this broadcast, we're going to talk about handling at-risk youth and oftentimes the, this month or the last few broadcasts, we've talked about kids and, and youth and teens and, and, uh, and, and the reason I wanted, really wanted to devote some time to it was because I really feel like that's a ministry that a lot of times we, we, uh, shy away from, and mm -hmm. maybe it's because of the age difference, maybe because we get into this mindset that, you know, it's, it's youth and the youth leaders can take care of stuff that's going on. But, you know, what happens when the youth, uh, youth ministry within the church has a security or safety issue? Uh, you know, we need to be able to step in and address that and, and relate yep. and connect, uh, with those folks. So with that, uh, I will go ahead and bring our, our guest in, and that would be, uh, Mr. Dwayne Harris. So, uh, thank you, sir, for joining us and welcome. Welcome. And can you hear us? Looks like we got some technical difficulties. We see Maybe. you. <laughs> Are you there? You're not showing mute on our side. For some reason, I we can't hear you. We're still so like it. yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Sure, what's up with the? Mic connection. We heard you a second ago. <laughs> we did. We did. So, we'll give it a second. We'll try to get back in here.
actually. I was going to say, we haven't had any bugs in a while, but uh, here we go. <laughs> Still no audio there, Dwayne. Um, I'm looking at my side and everything looks good, so I'm not sure. Okay. Well, he'll, he'll probably jump back in and see, we'll see, but anyhow, so we can, uh, we can jump in to the topic anyway and talk about it and, sure. uh, and get rolling and hopefully we can get his, his, uh, his mic issue squared away and we can bring him back in and kind of go from there. So anyhow, so that, that was the reason that I wanted to, to talk about that. Let me, let me see. He's in the background here. Let me see if yeah, I can hear him in. There we go. There we go. Cool. All right. So welcome no, Verizon again. Is not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was some kind of joke. I thought that was just a, like a mute trick or something. I wasn't aware of. <laughs> so welcome. Not, not quite yet. <laughs> not yet. Cool. Let me bump you up a little bit. All right. Awesome. So what? Uh, let's let's jump right into it. So what are your thoughts on Dwayne? What are your thoughts on? handling at risk youth and from a safety safety and security perspective with youth groups and that sort of thing in the church. Yeah. So, um, I mean, obviously with any ministry, I think when you're talking about from the safety and security, um, aspect, trying to kind of look through all of your ministry programs and kind of identifying what are the things that kind of have increased our risk? What are the things that we need to kind of, uh, wrap around or integrate our safety concepts into, Obviously, our children's ministries and our youth ministries are, are going to be way up there on that priority list. Um, so I think the, the key is, is for most ministries that they have a youth program um, is just understanding how they can integrate, maybe start to involve uh, some training um, to get a little bit better ingrained in those ministry programs so that there's adequate supervision. Um, I think your supervision, your screening your safety concepts, all those things that we already do in a lot of other aspects of church safety and security. We have to find ways to integrate that. Um, many times we just have security. You'll, you'll walk around and think that, well, if I'm just doing site observation while they're functioning in their youth or children's ministry, then that's safety. And I'm here to tell you that it's not. That's going to be inadequate. Sure. So we have to find ways to actually integrate safety concepts into those programs, meaning that the staff um, has awareness that we're helping to um, help the staff learn what to recognize, um, how to just kind of integrate it and to learn the the youth, to learn the children that's attending their programs and to try to identify stuff early on so that we can better assist. For sure. And I think you mentioned, you mentioned background checks, and I think that's another area too um, that I've had a lot of conversation. I know Mike has too, but I've had a lot of conversations with churches and, and have said, you know, that's a very minimal thing to say, look, you know what do if, if you're, if you're placing a, uh, an adult with an, with youth or with individuals, they need, need to be at least screened and checked, um, to, to have some type of layer of extra security in there to say at, at very minimum to say, okay, this person doesn't have anything in their background. And, you know, a lot of times I've had people say, well, I don't need that because, you know, I know, I know them or I know that person forever. Um, and I've known that person forever, but the, the truth of it is even with the background check, that doesn't mean that everything's okay. I mean, we still have an obligation to pay attention to what's going on 
and have checks and balances within that ministry and make sure that um, there are certain levels of accountability. So. 100%. I like what you said there, Dwayne, with, with integrate. I think uh, two words that are really heavy for me is integrate and collaborate is these as ministries, we really want to make sure that we're reaching across that aisle between us, that uh, uh, the wall, if you will, between ministries, just to make sure that we're saying, hey, you know what, we're, we're not trying to tell you how to do your job. You're not trying to tell us how to do ours. But how can we figure out ways to work together? And I like the word integrate. I think that makes a whole lot of sense is that there's security needs for youth and for kids ministry. But there's also concerns that working with kids, working with those that are considered at risk, uh, those that are identified that having at risk within the community itself already, your community as far as uh, the church goes, um, it's important at that point to uh, have a way to have built a relationship strong enough with those other staff members, those other leaders, so that they're they're perhaps sharing that information. Hey, I, I heard about such and such or so and so, and you know what? They you want them to come forward voluntarily and make you as security uh, team aware of what's happening, uh, so that we as a safety and security team we're we're there to mitigate risk. So when you're looking at a youth that may be in a situation that is at greater risk. Well, knowing about that is important because they're subject to, to different triggers and people and things like that, that we've seen in the past. I mean, heck, we just talked last week um, with the idea that those that tend to, to fall prey and, and to become a victim are those that perhaps are already vulnerable. And so I yeah. think in that sense is that, they're not just somebody to pay attention to as a protector. There's somebody to pay attention to so that they're not influenced negatively and they don't necessarily go down the wrong path uh, because that could boil over. That could have something that has ramifications or spillover within a your youth group. That could be something that uh, is going on at home that they bring in, bring into church with them and that, that boils over there. Uh, there's a lot of different areas, but again, it comes back to, are we building that relationship? Are we creating the right opportunity to collaborate with these other ministries? For sure. And I think, honestly, I think looking at, at everything, um, you know, we know from an adult standpoint, we know that adults, especially with mental health concerns, bring in that baggage and bring in problems and different things to church. So it really realistically to your point, Mike, I mean, it wouldn't, it's not a far stretch to say that teens are dealing with a lot too, right. and youth are dealing with a lot and they're bringing that in. And so we, to a certain degree, you know, we have a responsibility and obligation to oversee what's happening with that ministry as well. Yep. And, you know, the, the children's ministry or, or a different type of ministry within the church, we might be able to easily control what's happening because of the age or because we're controlling the environment, right? So the environment the kids are in, we we're able to tweak that. But right. when you get to the, the youth age um, and the, the age of teens, you can't always control that environment because, you know, the environment encompasses and encapsulates uh, life outside of the church. So it's not just this one hour or two hours that you get to see that person, you know, in that. So 
it's certainly harder to, and you know, they don't typically, I mean, there's, there's usually most churches have a youth, youth night, youth group night, that sort of thing. But, um, you're not typically going to see interaction with adults like you, you necessarily would with, um, on the same level as teens. So for sure. Well, I I think if we back up and and kind of say, you know what, if we, we look at, even defining at risk. Um, I mean, I know different folks kind of define it in different ways. To me, when when it's at risk, I may not define it the way that others do. I look at it and saying, hey, you know what? Everybody's vulnerable. To some degree, we're all at risk in different cases. It's just elevated risk. And maybe I'll toss that your way, Duane. Yeah, and I apologize. So I'm, I'm kind of in and out, obviously. So that's <laughs> all good. So so I was still on thought one and you guys have already moved off to thought two. So I apologize uh, for that. It, it, if I could, uh, and, and I'll answer that, but if I could just kind of circle yeah. back just one second sure. when we were talking about uh, screening, because I think identifying those at-risk youth and kind of really identifying what we're looking at and, and what are some of the needs that we need to be safeguarding towards. Um, when we talk about screening a lot of times, especially in like children's or youth ministries, we talk about the adults getting the background checks and, and mm-hmm. obviously those that we're putting around our minors. Um, but a lot of times what we don't consider is the peer to peer. So a lot of times the greatest right. actual risk to harm inside a program is not going to probably be from a, a rogue volunteer or somebody that's infiltrated your screening system and now is you know, integrated into the program to, um, you know, to manipulate it for self gain. Not to say that that wouldn't happen because it does. But I think mm-hmm. the peer-to-peer threat or the peer-to-peer risk that you have individuals that may be coming in and, and flowing into your program uh, that may have underlying issues. I mean, not everybody comes uh, from the same uh, structure of living. And so you have some people that may have underlying uh, substance abuse issues, people who have may underlying mental health uh, concerns. And so it's also just equally as important for your staff, especially your, your youth ministers and your children's ministers, to have intentional interactions with, um, with with those who attend. And although you may not be running a background check, by simply doing things like taking documentation um, on emergency contact list, uh, developing everything you can for a known on those who attend. So by inquiring, what is the home structure? Well, sometimes it's kind of hard to have that conversation, but if you're having a, a standard emergency contact list that has some standard questions that allow you to to grasp that, um, you know, where's your residence? Do you, uh, do you have, you know, one or two guardians kind of identifying that family structure? Um, there's a lot of people in, in some of these youth ministries, they'll just invite a teen, invite a friend and, and yeah, we want to welcome people, um, you know, into ministry. Obviously we want to open up the doors, but for the safety of your program, we have to be basically interacting and screening by just gathering information that we can on everybody who comes in and integrates. So if, if somebody comes in because you had a basketball night, uh, but now they've integrated in and you don't know that they don't have a, a home structure, they're not going to provide any information. Uh, those are kind of things that you want to know so you can start building that safety profile uh, around other youth. Well, and the to to your point too, that that's an excellent excellent point of building that safety profile. But you you never know when you're going to get spillover from a situation at someone's home and you know, to be, be perfectly honest. I mean, we're, we're dealing with that with one of, one of my daughter's friends right now that they have kind of a unique situation at home and, 
you know, it's, it is, it's spilling into, you know, this, the place where several of the pastors have had to get involved and say, okay, let's, you know, let's help this family. And that's not, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it, it, I think sometimes in our, in our haste to look at what's um, most eye-catching and most dramatic, like the parents, the parents having a disagreement, a lot of times that's eye-catching, right? Because we see that sometimes it's more dramatic, but then when we look at the kids, sometimes we forget that the kids are experiencing that and, and working through that too. And, you know, bringing them into that environment, like, like Mike and I mentioned before, a lot of times, you know, they don't have a way to vent or to be concerned about it. So they vent to their peers and their friends and they bring right. that, that spillage into the mm -hmm. youth group and, you know, and everything else as they're, they're trying to navigate it. So. Yeah. I, I, and, and I think, go, go ahead, Mike. Well, in a way we're, I, I like what you're saying there, Dwayne is really a greening is really a, an interview. It's you're, you're listening more than you're talking, but you're also probing a bit. But what we're really also looking for is do these kids have resilience? And if so, what is it from? Uh, do they have baggage? Do they have this? Do they have these things going on? What level of resilience do they have? What sort of uh, uh, frustrations or uh, other sorts of things going on in their lives currently? Because we want to understand, okay, is this going to be something that is going to come to a head here? Is there something going on even within the ministry itself? Because uh, hurt people hurt people, obviously. So you never know what, what can actually happen even within the ministry. And, and you're right. That peer-to-peer -peer was a great point. We're so often talking about it from that, that, that outsider becoming an insider. But in reality, uh, it can be that peer. It can be somebody who's bullying or or is jealous or has just a different power structure feeling and 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 takes it out on another. And and it's hard to see that when we may or may not even be operating during that youth night, when we may not always be there or rotating. Uh, staff's far and few between as far as coverage. Uh, so it's it's pulling in all the information that we possibly can and making sure that we're we're truly kind of consuming that and and adding to that profile. Yeah, and 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 we've said this before uh, on here. I know we've we've all talked of it in discourse. The greatest tool for safety inside the ministry is hospitality. So it's twofold. It's not just hospitality because it gives us the chance to interact with people. It's actually ministry. So imagine that you can actually have a safety concept that can actually be used in ministry. So <laughs> hospitality says I interact with you because I care and I want to know. But with what I know and with that interaction, I now can create safety avenues and safety nets inside the program. So it's not just even so much about but by the by the youth workers finding the systems. And sometimes we have to create not everybody looks through the same lens of safety. Um, not everybody's going to see things through the security uh, viewpoint that maybe we do. Um, but we do need to teach them to see systems. And if they'll see the systems, they'll be able to identify stuff that otherwise they wouldn't have identified to report to us. So by by having those screening sheets, by having those basically get to know you sheets, um, they're learning how to better uh, help and to assist you know, that, that minor, that juvenile coming into the program. What, what underlying needs do they have? Now it shows that I care about them. And at the same time, we're able to kind of start to pick up on some of that information. So hospitality is the key to safety. It, it really is. Information is the key to safety. Um, and when you can integrate 
then, then the next thing is within that same system of safety of, of having programs so that when people visit and come in, we collect basic information. Mm-hmm. Well, that's liability protection for us because if somebody's gathered on our, you know, d- d- if they're a minor, does the parent, the guardian even know that they're attending? Um, if they was to have an accident, to have some kind of issue that would occur while playing in a sporting event that you've hosted on site, okay, do they know that? Have they given some kind of consent to that? So, so having those systems of safety, but also starting to develop that safety net, because like you, you said, James, sometimes somebody coming in, it's kind of what they, how they integrate maybe their lifestyle, what they're dealing with, their issues kind of come in. So you have to have those those same systems. So like we we do in children's programs where you have certain areas to where gathering is monitored. So, you know, juveniles, uh, they know how to they know how to get out of sight, out of mind. And so you have to not only have check in systems and sign in systems, but you really got to have that security profile to make sure that you have designated areas, that you have areas that are isolated for uh, for for where they can visit, where they can go. You have protocol. Uh, that we don't let two go walking off down a hallway together into, you know, trying doors to see what room they can get into. So you really have to um, help your help your 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 uh, youth ministry staff and children's staff build in systems so that they're aware and you just kind of help them to, to micromanage some of the safety concerns that could be present in those types of ministries. I want to pull out a slightly different direction as well is in the sense is that by when we're probing and, and putting those questions out there or, or impressing upon our youth leaders to, to gather this information, we want to make sure that they're also balancing that need for uh, uh, creating a safe space for those youth to understand that they don't feel like they're, they're going to clam up and not talk or that they're just being grilled or interviewed or screened. And so it's, it's a dedicated, delicate, delicate balance between what our job is obviously to manage that risk, but also as a youth leader, what they're doing. And I I love the word care, uh, Dwayne is, is that's really what it is, is folks and youth really at the end of the day, they want to know that you care. And if you can show that in any possible way, you're going to open that up a little bit to, to find out a bit more about them. So we want to make sure that that youth is create, that youth leader is creating that, that safe space, but also, and being honest and not necessarily, but also sitting there saying, Hey, you know what? I'm not here to just kind of tell on anything you share with me, but of course, if there's certain things going on, I'm going to have to inform other people. And so it's establishing that, that honesty and transparency and trust right up front and creating that space where they can share the information. Yeah. And, and, and like you said, finding, you know, just as Jesus did with the disciples, he, he knew each of them and their unique mm-hmm. patterns. He knew when he brought them in, um, he knew their identities. He knew where they came from and, and he tailored uh, ministry and experiences to each of them to make sure that they were able to receive, um, you know, mm-hmm. the truth of the gospel. So it's the same thing, like you said, with, with youth, it's it, the, the, we never give up safety by doing ministry. In fact, the better you are at doing ministry, the safer you are, because true ministry is that engagement. And through that engagement, you know, people. So ultimately we're assisting them and we're helping them. And so if there are risks, we're helping them to identify them even in themselves and helping them to see Christ as the solution to that. So, yeah, it, integration, yeah. care, hospitality, all those things, you know, safety, you know, you don't have to just stand back in a corner um, and, and put on an ID and, 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 and block stuff down to, to get safety across. Actually, you have to break that down and you have to integrate yourself through hospitality and care. That's a phenomenal point, Mike. 
I think just to to jump on that real quick, we we had a situation too, and and give the the illustration. Um, my middle daughter, um, and I can I can disclose this story because she doesn't listen to my my our broadcast <laughs> at all. But um, otherwise, she'd probably like I don't know complain about it. But anyhow. Um, my middle daughter actually has her friends come over and they do a Bible study in our, our living room. They've done that for a long time. And she started it. Like she reached out to her friends and said, Hey, come on over. Let's, let's do this Bible study. And at one point in time, uh, one of the girls struggled, really struggled with some, uh, LGBTQ type situation. And I'm, I'm not going to go into all of that, but what was interesting to me was that, um, she made the choice to stop coming to the Bible study and, and to pull out of the youth group. And so, um, what was interesting was, you know, our, my daughter came to my wife and I and said, Hey, you know, she's, she's pulled out. She stopped coming. She seems to think like there's this perception at the youth group that she's mad at me. And I said, well, why would she be mad at you? We're just ho- like, you're j- literally just hosting a Bible study. And it, the Bible study was guided. Like they, they were working through a, a curriculum. So it wasn't even, you know, anything said or anything like that. And so come to find out that um, apparently, and, in, in you know, this, this, I don't know, multiplied over time. And so eventually it kind of broke loose with the parents being upset at my wife and I, because they felt like we were the ones to blame for pushing their daughter out and to encourage their daughter to leave the, the youth group. And I'm like, I finally ended up having to go to the other dad and have a conversation and say, you know, can you, can you just explain to me what's going on here? Like, I, I don't understand how, inviting your child over to my house for a Bible study, you know, how that translates to me making your child leave, you know, leave the church. And so, I mean, there's, there's always, I mean, obviously there's always a lot of drama, but with, with that situation, I guess my, my point and my reason for, for bringing it up is that you, you never know like where you're going to get connected, like with, with your kids in that situation and how that's going to expand and go into something that's more concerned, concerned or concerning these parents, these other parents that had an issue with us, instead of coming to us and saying, Hey, I'm kind of concerned or I'm upset about this or that then went to other avenues around the church and everything and started basically telling people that we were making kids le- like my wife and I were making kids leave the church because of this whole situation with their daughter. And we're like, <laughs> we're like, wait a second. You know, that's, this started out as my daughter just saying, Hey, I want to encourage my friends and have a Bible study. And it just morphed into this whole massive thing where it was like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, well, well, I think very quickly, I mean, we, we all know that God's not the author of confusion. And anytime you sure. do ministry, you're going to have opposition. You're going to have um, offense come. You know, I think we just have to navigate and walk through that. I think making that making that attempt to make contact, to get clarity and to, and to help communicate truth face to face is key. And that and that's, yeah. you know, and, and, and sure. that's a great example right there with that in the youth. But that's 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 and that's one of many topics. That's one of many things. <laughs> 
that that can come up in youth ministry. I mean, let's just be honest. There's there's so many dynamic uh, contacts and 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 things that can come up uh, to where people can say, "Hey, that's a hot topic. Hey, hey, yeah. that is right there. We we have a preference to that." So you know, I think yeah. that communication, keeping that keeping that open line of communication, building those deep relationships with the youth is is essential. And like you said with your daughter, it's integrating. It's integrating youth into the program. So a lot of times you'll see ministries where they'll have people get to the high end of the ministry cutoff point, and sometimes they'll stay after and they'll help the maybe the new people coming in from the junior high to kind of sure. you know integrate into the program. But it's having people who know how to do ministry, how to do that one on one, how to help people and assist people, and finding people. You know, in a youth group, you'll find a lot of diversity, and that's a beautiful thing because that diversity allows you to find people who can identify other issues and other uh, children who are coming in and find ways to mm -hmm. minister to them. So uh, that integration, you know, gives that information, but definitely dealing with that communication concept, because that's one of the greatest liability things right there in, in youth ministry is just uh, so-and-so said the so-and-so said, and, and we thought it was this. And next thing you know, uh, the, the confusion becomes dominant um, over reality, but it really leads say, in Oh, sorry. Real quick, just to wrap that up and I'll throw it over to you, Mike. Sure. I will say that the the cool thing about it is because those kids have been in our, our home, like because we opened our home up, um, I certainly know them better than I would, you know, the other kids that don't come into my home because we're as parents, we're involved. Obviously we're involved with sure. our kids and, and what they're doing and stuff. And it's developed for us. It's been a blessing because it's, it's helped us develop a relationship with our daughter. When something's not right, she feels comfortable in coming and talking to us and saying, and there's been several, and, and I've shared previous stories, safety stories concerning the whole church before on, you know, on our broadcast where individuals have gone to her and said, or come to me and said, Hey, I heard this, this person's doing something that's just not safe. And, you know, I trust you. I know you're the safety director. Can you, you know, can you help? Because they understand that there's a serious, you know, there's a serious concern there. So does it work? It is the drama frustrating. Absolutely. <laughs> but does it, does it help and build stuff? Well, yeah. I mean, in this case, I felt like it was a blessing and it did. So Mike, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to kind of, I mean, you're, you're kind of hitting on a, a piece of it there, Dwayne, is when we're working with these kids or caught up in a situation where we're brought in as a safety security team, uh, either to be informed or worse in some sort of direct engagement uh, away, we're, we're working with kids that, you know what, A, they're kids, B, Many of them are suffering from insecurity, shame, fear, jealousy, hurt, and they don't necessarily have the resilience or the coping mechanisms to mm -hmm. to navigate this. And I think that's where we're, we're, we're almost in ways we're trying to help understand. So I think seeking to understand, seeking to put ourselves in their shoes and, and try to say, hey, they're trying to navigate without a compass in some cases because they haven't invented it yet for themselves. And so we're, we're, they're not necessarily coming at this in a bad way. They're just coming at it without direction. And so our job is really to help kind of provide that and humble ourselves to realize that, okay, it's not just that they're not yet adults. 
they're future adults. They're learning. Mm -hmm. If we handle them with the gloves of saying, let's be educators, let's have empathy for where they're at, and let's try to figure out how we can make them feel comfortable. Yeah. And, and you know, if you look at just uh, statistics and you, and you look, especially here after the last, you know, the COVID with the two year shutdown and you look at how that's impacted uh, children. So, so there's there, there's youth that grew up that never went uh, to their prom. There's group uh, they, they never got to experience, uh, you know, certain sporting events and things that were very uh, a driving factor for them. So you got to think about how their life has been impacted here and not not just to mention mm -hmm. some of the dishevelment that came from COVID, but just look at just the normal, the cultural shifts, uh, the influence, the peer pressure inside the school system. So we know that National Institute for Mental Health says one in four people suffer from a mental illness, but in minors and in juveniles over the last two years, they say that number's almost increased to 50. So 50% 50 uh, of yeah. juveniles and youth uh, in adolescent age are trying to learn how to cope and how to deal with things. And so the stressors of life or just creating a, a, a lot greater uh, of an impact on them. So the ability and, and the, the need to to really talk to, to minors, to, to really ask them, you know, you can't just sit there and come into a ministry and, and, and preach and prod and put something out there and expect them to grab onto it. You really have to know and kind of listen. And like you said, get to, to hear what it is or what are they struggling with? Uh, what are they dealing with? And then you got to realize that sometimes when you have those uneasy conversations, you get uneasy answers. So, right. uh, you know, asking people, but, but, you know, they say almost 25% of, of minors uh, or adolescents uh, between 15 and 18 um, have actually thought about and contemplated suicide. Now you say, well, this probably the, probably, the number is probably not really that high, but I'm here to tell you in, in a culture where the discussion of those topics and the ability to hear people who are suffering from depression um, experiencing the strain and trying to uh, to grow up and to navigate the stresses of life at this early age, where they're trying to develop and cultures pushing more down their throat than we had ever seen. Those those are true numbers, and so um, we have to be aware of that, and we have to be looking for ways to integrate to find out what their what their greatest needs are, and then find a way to minister from that point. Absolutely, and I think that that takes us right into really, I think, an opportunity for us. It's is that our teams really need to have training that is beyond procedural. Yes, we need we need empathy. We need to understand how to work with kids. And so that that doesn't come overnight. And it's but it, at the at one end, it's just basic human relation. It's also understanding kids and those that don't have kids may not fully understand it yet. And so you may have a younger member of your team that doesn't have kids that you know what, they, they may not fully grasp what they need to. On the far end, you may then have those that have had grown kids. And so they've realized and, and grown themselves through that process. But I think also what we're seeing is as a result of stressors, as a result of other risks and triggers, is really a need for additional training, probably around conflict resolution, anger management, yeah. uh, really those areas. Yeah, you know, there's a, and there's a lot of great, programs that's out there. Um, so if, if you look at just uh, mental health first aid for juveniles, there's a lot of different courses that are nationally recognized that are great, easy to get into program for people who just want to kind of give of themselves as, uh, on their own time to kind of look into some local trainings that they could probably find. That's one that's that's probably readily available um, out there. But I would say, yeah, trying to trying to educate ourselves, trying to learn how to 
um, better recognize things in our youth. And I would say, you know, and sometimes I think youth workers get it, those who are trying to reach youth, uh, but sometimes a security or people who work from the outside, uh, we look at juveniles and the problem is, is, is we treat them, we treat them like juveniles. But here, here's the funny thing is, is, <laughs> is juveniles don't recognize that they're juveniles. Uh, right. juveniles think they're adults. And so, you know, I always kind of give an example sometime if I came into a classroom and I'm teaching and I asked, um, you know, everybody, hey, when you came into the class, great to see you, but do me a favor, hand your phone up real quick. You know, in my classroom, I just prefer people not to have a cell phone and 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 have everybody turn it in. They'd be like, what kind of class is this? Um, <laughs> but, if, but if you but if you go and you see a juvenile in crisis and the juvenile has a phone, you ask them, well, what are you doing with the phone? Well, you need to turn your phone in. Yeah, we'll get over it. You know, some we, we expect juveniles uh, to be treated like juveniles, but in essence, mm-hmm. they think they're adults. And so no adult would want to be treated that way. And I think a lot of times we we harm ourselves by the way we interact uh, with mm-hmm. juveniles to where we can actually be be a shutoff point yeah. as opposed. And, and remember, the, the key to safety is information. And so I'm not saying everybody's, you know, everybody has the gift of gab, but we need to learn to build that rapport, number one, because we care and we're the extension of Christ. So we're ministry first. If you're in safety, you're ministry first. That's just what it is. But you have to build that rapport because safety relies on information and without interaction and, and, and you don't get the intel, you don't get the information. So, you know, we, we, we just have to remember who we are. But we have to also understand what what our purpose is, and so um, yeah, do some safety concepts, you know. But but they don't need a big brother. Sometimes they just need somebody uh, to to spend the time to talk to them and to integrate and to interact with them and find out what are their greater needs. Absolutely, for sure. I think a lot of times too, we uh, we tend to to jump the gun, like you said, and and kind of forget that um, that they have they might not have a completely developed train of thought and logic, but they they don't probably, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) But then I know, I know quite a few adults that don't. There you (laughs) go. Sometimes I wonder about myself on a regular basis. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. (laughs) But, um, so besides, well, jumping into the, what, what can we actively do to, to make this situation or make a situation better? I know, um, Certainly de-escalation can come up, like getting some de-escalation training and understanding, like you, you mentioned, understanding how to communicate and how to talk to youth. What, what are some other thoughts that, uh, that you might have on that? Well, I think the, like I mentioned, the, the mental health first aid, I think trying to identify, you know, cause like I said, you know, one in four people ha- have a underlying mental health condition and many times in youth, um, you know, there's, there's so many circumstances that they may face, uh, incidents of abuse at the household. Uh, maybe they're witnessing a parent who's strung out and addicted to drugs. Well, you know, statistics show us that for somebody who's growing up in a household where a parent is strung out on drugs, they're 80% more likely to get involved in illicit or criminal behavior. So, so the things that they're experiencing, that's why it's so important to really have that integration model. So you really have to train mm-hmm. staff, Hey, it's great to do ministry. But you need to understand what what we're trying to reach and who we're trying to reach and our target audience and and finding out some of the underlying issues inside your community by your integration with your law enforcement. Uh, But but trying to identify some of those underlying issues that they may have. And so, like I said, mental health first aid um, is a course that, you know, is pretty much available throughout uh, various states and areas. Those are the courses that are easy to get into that that give uh, uh, the student tools on how to better interact. 
uh, how to identify signs of depression, how to ask, you know, uh, so many times we're talking to somebody, if they say they're struggling uh, with pain, they're cutting, they're doing different things. That's very common. Uh, ask a true youth minister who's been doing youth ministry for any period of time who hasn't had interaction with a youth who's been in crisis. Okay, they have. Um, the problem is, is, is sometimes we just we, we, we look beyond that because we say in ministry, we just have this one answer, you know, the answer of Christ. And yes, he is the answer. But you have to understand what people suffer with. Um, and be willing to have that conversation with them. So I think training that, that deals with the de-escalation is a phenomenal component. It helps to integrate some safety concepts and how you can interact with people. Uh, but having the ability to recognize underlying conditions, um, uh, anxiety, depression, you know, the, those are all real components that, that many of the youth and, and those who are entering into our programs are suffering with. So we need to have those open conversations with them, incorporate it through your ministry incorporated through the sermon series um incorporate that through the peer base so when you have people that's come into your ministry program who said hey i used to cut you know i used to try to deal to find ways to kind of deal with the pain of, of the brokenness of my household let them get up let them share testimonies let them become a talking point so now i'm not saying that you're normalizing that but what you're doing is you are normalizing the fact that christ can reach us all so it doesn't matter where you come yeah. it, what you bring in guess what christ is an answer he's a solution but if you'll find that, you'll find that now that other person inside that youth program, peer to peer, because remember, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal thing to be able to minister and to lead and to guide people. But peer to peer ministry and peer to peer influence is really the greatest uh, impact inside of youth ministry. So finding people who have suffered and dealt with things and found their way to get resolution through Christ, letting them share that, make that part of that ministry experience. Like minded people will, will gravitate towards them and they'll get that peer to peer one on one that's going to be a phenomenal component to healing and restoration. That's big. I had a, a thought, I'm not going to be able to follow that as well, but uh, it was a thought really around, we have sometimes policies in our church and, and, and it can be uh, perhaps even some churches have things that are, are dress code driven or how they're, these kids are perhaps they're craving the opportunity of individuality, uniqueness, and they're expressing themselves in certain ways. We got to make sure our policies aren't creating an environment that pushes them away. We need to make sure that we're not just literally black and white and enforcing a policy for the sake of, of creating some sort of picturesque environment that someone thinks is the right way to go about doing church. When in reality, we want to make sure that we're supporting positive self-expression for these youth. Yeah. Yeah. That's phenomenal. Yeah. I, you know, I think, um, having the procedures, we have to have procedures, but but like you said, we, we have to be open-ended to be able to receive people uh, so that we can minister to them. I would say that the greatest things in in uh, maybe the written procedures and, and the processes uh, that come into play for your uh, youth and juvenile would just be your, your supervision models, uh, integrating things to where they have set areas where they come in. They have set information uh, that they fill out sheets, that they show that they've came uh, and participated in activities, getting that emergency contact list, uh, having designated areas throughout your facility. If you take little um, little stand-up posts or whatever and put isolated areas, let them know boundaries, uh, start to develop hubs to where when they come into that area, supervision naturally takes place on its own because it, nobody's wandering down hallways. So you really just have to have supervision mm -hmm. models because a lot of times youth ministers 
Um, they're there to they're there to reach people, and and if you just let them just bring in the program, you'll have them you, you'll you'll have them given everything. Sky's the limit to the youth minister trying to reach uh, the target audience. But if you'll integrate safety bubbles around that ministry, you're safeguarding that that ministry leader at the same time you're safeguarding those who gather on your campus and 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 really and allowing them to kind of self monitor each other through the systems that you put in place. So I'd say developing those systems, overseeing your program, integrating with uh, your ministry leads, having those contacts. They should know who the security person is. They should feel comfortable on what they can share and what to bring up. Uh, Peer-based leaders should know when they should be identifying things that need to be talked about and discussed and shared as well. So um, I think just the, the training component. For sure. And then I realized, James, is I don't know if there was one more question that you wanted to field, but because of the uh, technical <laughs> difficulties at the beginning of the hour, we really never actually let Dwayne uh, uh, introduce himself to our audience. Oh, it's a little late for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can bring a little bit in now and give some background to it. Yeah. So that's, yeah give us some context. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, my name is Dwayne Harris. I'm uh, with Full Armor <laughs> Church, uh, in case you didn't know that. So, yeah, I, I'm with Full Armor Church. Um, so I, uh, I work in law enforcement, I also work in ministry. I've served in ministry, uh, for 26 plus years and, and been in law enforcement for 20. Um, so as you guys do as well, uh, learn how God knows how to marry kind of your, your purpose, uh, with, with your ministry. So, um, you know, over the last, uh, I'd say six, seven years, uh, been assisting ministries and their safety, uh, training, uh, 2017, we launched full armor church. So we provide, uh, church safety curriculum and materials for ministries and go on site and do uh, church safety awareness training. And we've partnered with you guys. Phenomenal, phenomenal ministry. We love, uh, love your heart, uh, love y'all scope <laughs> and focus uh, for safety. And I love the technical glitches. Let's just be honest. Again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I was thinking every time, every time you, uh, you come on, we have a technical glitch. So I'm wondering if it's it a, a spiritual thing now. <laughs> Maybe it may be. It no, it's great to be part of, have you part of the, the, not only the, the show, but obviously uh, helping alongside uh, with Full Armor and our ministry and, and uh, coming out to our conferences and things like that. Uh, we're, we're blessed to have you be able to speak uh, at, at different events. And there's just a whole lot where I think uh, James and I, have, I can speak for him in saying is that we, we enjoy and, and make sure that we surround ourselves with yeah. uh, smart, educated, and ministry and, and Christ-first people, because yeah. this that's what this is about. I mean, in fact, everything our, our next book uh, really epitomizes as far as who we are as an organization comes from making sure that we have that right influence, that right inspiration around us, and why what we call it internally is iron sharpens iron. And that to us is important because we want to make sure that what put out on air what we're saying in our books what we're saying in person at our conference is inspired and is influenced in the right way and not just out of a modern day influencer uh, uh picture which we know you know we know we're influencing folks we know but we don't actually take that that label on in such a way that says hey we're not going to become that negative because we're going to surround ourselves with the better at positive influence yeah yeah, I agree. Well, well, we definitely love and uh, appreciate the partnership that we've had and built, uh, have the utmost in confidence and, and the undergirding of, of the approach that you guys take to church safety and security. So it's, it's, it's awesome to be part of it. Good stuff. Cool. James, I'll leave it to you. 
Well, I, uh, we definitely, definitely appreciate you joining us despite the technical glitches tonight. (laughs) So, uh, thanks so much. And, and we're definitely looking forward to having you, uh, join us in March. So I'm looking, looking forward to that. It'll be a lot of fun. Amen, brother. (laughs) All right. Good to see uh, you, sir. All right. We'll go ahead and wrap up real quick. So, uh, next week, I think if I can, if I can get a hold of her and her crazy schedule, we're going to be talking with, uh, DS Simpkins, who is our brotherhood mutual rep. So we're going to be talking about insurance and, uh, and dealing with youth ministries and, and children's ministries and kind of wrap up our segment on that, uh, as well. But, uh, hopefully that'll work out. Cause I was actually, I was talking to her on the phone the other day and she's always, Dia is always like going a hundred miles. <laughs> at once. Yep. So I'm like, Oh, Hey, I actually, I was calling her about, um, my church's insurance. Like I had a question for her and then I said, Oh, Hey, by the way, are you still good for, for coming on the broadcast? And she's like, Oh, absolutely. Just send me a email reminding me. So I'll probably do that tomorrow. But anyhow, um, so thanks for hanging out with us. Hopefully this, this conversation was beneficial. And uh, as always, you can reach out to us through our website at churchsafetyguys.com or through the church security app. And uh, we would love to help you in your ministry however we can. And um, just uh, again, if you, if you have training concerns or there's something that we can help you with, visit our website and you can reach out and uh, we'll do our best to to help you with it. So other than that, Mike, did you want to add anything? No, I think it's great. Another great episode. And you know what I really wanted to comment is now that we're a couple episodes in here, I I do really appreciate the story arc of, of staying in the youth and kids element um, more than a single episode. I think it's allowed us to kind of go deeper and unpack some things and pull out some gold nuggets that it's tougher to do when when we only hit on this topic a couple times a year. So it's it's been really good to kind of explore this in in with different uh, guests in different sure. ways. Uh, so uh, it's 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 been eye opening. So that's good. Absolutely. And if you like, we we base our schedules uh, and our broadcasting schedules and topics solely on. Uh, what you guys ask for. So again, I mean, if you, if you reach out to us and you're like, Hey, you guys haven't talked about this or that. Um, I mean, we, we do, we look at our calendar and we try and pull up topics that we haven't talked about. I think uh, in November, we've got uh, another topic on fire prevention coming up. We haven't talked about that in a while, uh, preparing for the holidays, special events, different things like that. And then um, also, we're going to do another another one on um, situational awareness and body language. But realistically, if there's a topic that you would like us to talk about, please reach out to us and say, shoot us an email and or or message us on on Facebook and say, hey, you know, you guys haven't talked about this. This would be real helpful. And we're happy to do that. So we will do our best to either get a guest in or, uh, you know, Mike and I can talk about it ourselves. and. Um, Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it is a topic where, you know, if we want to bring a guest in that has a little bit more specific experience, then, you know, we've, we've built relationships so we can, we can do that without a problem. But, uh, but yeah, uh, so anyhow, 
we will let you all go. Thanks for watching. Thanks for hanging out and have a blessed week. Take care. This hour of broadcasting brought to you by twowayradiocenter.com, a Motorola value-added reseller. Thank you for joining the Church Safety Guys broadcast brought to you by Vigilant Impact. We hope that you found it informative and we appreciate your feedback and interaction. Be sure to share our broadcast with your teams. Join the discussion online and connect with us on social media for other great ministry resources. Download the Church Security app or at our website at churchsafetyguys.com. Remember, keep a servant's heart, a mindset of ministry, and semper discipline.